Welcome to Scream Grabs, a weekly series from Macabre Bros and Bras, where we dissect one scene and one scene only, good, bad, or ugly, showing how it makes great horror legendary, good horror better, or even shitty horror watchable. All my macabre fiends, it's been too long. This is Phil, Macabre Bros original, and before I get to Jessica with her Scream Grab for Cabin in the Woods, a fantastic summertime slasher, I wanted to give you a quick update on Macabre Madness. Yeah, I know we left you hanging on this year's Macabre Madness. We haven't even been on air for, I don't know, the past almost four months. Oops, sorry, my bad. Shit got in the way. Life happened. And when we last talked, we were down to eight films. So we were down to the uh, the Fearful Eight. And this year, we want you to decide who's actually going to win. So you've got eight films to choose from. We want you to whittle it down to your absolute favorites. We've got It Follows from 2015, Hereditary from 2018, Deep Red from 1975, Marianne, the 2019 TV show, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, original from 78, Dawn of the Dead, also the original from 78, Pan's Labyrinth from 2006, and Train to Busan from 2016. So out of those eight, which one is the absolute best horror movie? Let us know. Give us your vote and we might have a little something for you. Send us your favorite film through Facebook at Macabre Bros or on Instagram at Macabre Bros or just through good old email, macabros at gmail.com. Macabre spelled the way you always spell macabre. Now, on to Jessica. Hey there, Macabre fans. This is Jessica again coming at you with another scream grab. This time I'll be talking about Cabin in the Woods, a horror comedy movie from 2011. Um, But first, I wanted to briefly touch on the fact that the writer and producer of this film, one of them is Joss Whedon, who recently has been embroiled in um, some controversy over the way that he's been treating people for years and for decades now, actually. So um, it's just a, a little time to sit and reflect on how you consume media from people that you learn are kind of assholes <laughs> and people that um, don't act the way that you think they should. and. Um, how do you sort of rectify this idea of someone who you thought was this cool creative person and um, producing stuff that you liked a lot? I mean, I've been a Joss Whedon fan forever, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly Dollhouse, all that stuff with um, sort of the truth that you learn about people wherein there's someone that you'd never want to work with and you really don't agree with uh, whatever it is they're doing. So, I mean, I think personally, um, it's not going to stop me from rewatching old favorites of his, although probably will likely affect whether or not I'd ever be too excited in something he does in the future. I think that's something that everyone needs to decide for themselves, how they want to deal with um, sort of that person and that person's work. Does the work stand alone? How connected is it to its creator? That's a huge discussion for another time. But I did want to bring it up because I am talking about Cabin in the Woods, which he was a writer and producer on and a big influence on. Um, So just food for thought. (laughs) Anyways, uh, but to talk about Cabin in the Woods, I rewatched it recently. I was a fan of it before, and this movie is great. It's a horror film, but I say it's also comedy. Honey, that's not okay. Statistical fact, cops will never pull over a man with a huge bong in his car. Why? They fear this man. They know he sees farther than they, and he will bind them with ancient logics. Have you gone gray? It's a really great 
horror film for horror lovers because it's a parody. And I do love a good parody because it takes all the things and the tropes that you love and that you recognize and it turns them on their heads. And so this movie is just like that. It's called Cabin in the Woods, which itself is a nod to just sort of scary movie title. Um, and the scene that I want to talk about comes right at the beginning of the third act of the movie, kind of the last half hour or so where we've had these four friends, you know, these, you know, handsome co-eds go into the woods and they slowly start to be killed off. But um, as, as a normal movie would do, <laughs> a normal horror movie would do. And what we've been intercutting this with this sort of underground government type facility where their deaths are basically being premeditated, they're being controlled and um, by people with cameras and pheromone releasers and, and all this stuff. And you sort of learn that this is part of a ritual that needs to happen and these people need to die every however often um, in order for um, this unnamed ancient being to, to keep from rising. So we've got the people manipulating. So it's kind of like they're watching a movie. They're manipulating the characters into becoming characters in a horror movie, if that makes any sense. Um, and so anyways, the, we've, we've seen each of the, we've seen three of them die. And the last remaining one is Dana, who's played by Kristen Connolly. And she has just survived a plunge from a van uh, into a lake and she's swimming to shore. Okay, no matter what happens, Gotta stay and um, you know, barely having survived this. And four of the scientists are watching, and this includes Bradley Whitford, um, who you might know from West Wing, who plays Hadley, Richard Jenkins. These two guys have been sort of pulling the switches and levers this whole time and watching the whole thing play out on screen. And they're talking about how close a call it was because if these people hadn't died in this particular way, the old ones would have risen and end of the world type of stuff. Ah, damn, that was close. Yeah, photo fucking finish. Mm. I don't understand. You're celebrating? They're celebrating. I'm drinking. So they're having this moment where they feel like, whew, we've relaxed. You know, we, we achieved our task of ritually sacrificing these people. And they explain to the new guy, Brian White, that, um, she, you know, because Dana's not dead yet, but she is the last one. She's the virgin trope. But she's still alive. How can the ritual be complete? The virgin's death is optional as long as it's last. Main thing is that she, you know, suffers. That she did. Of course, we have definitely seen her suffering and they kind of have this quiet moment looking at her as she drags herself onto a nearby dock and, and talking about how she suffered and Bradley Whitford's character starts to get philosophical about how he's rooting for her anyways, but he gets distracted by a group of other scientists coming into the room. So strange, I'm actually rooting for this girl. She's got so much heart, you think of all that? Pain and the punch. Tequila is my lady! My lady! Come on in, guys! Come on in! Come on in! You're welcome! And instead of finishing his, you know, little philosophical um, soliloquy, he starts singing and busts out the drinks and the booze. And um, they're all celebrating essentially the end of the, the completion of the ritual and the end of their job here. And um, 
It's great because we see Dana, she pulls herself up onto the dock, she takes a moment of breath, and then boom, um, this movie still causes me to jump, even though I know when the jumps are coming. One of the remaining zombie redneck torture family members who's killed off all their other remaining people is now attacking her. And the crazy part is she gets attacked, but we pull away and, the, and she's being attacked on screen, but no one is looking at the screen. Everyone is just partying and drinking and having awkward post-work conversations with people. And it's such a juxtaposition from a very terrifying scene in a horror film where someone is literally getting strangled and beaten to death and these people who are just partying and, and having a normal work day and um, you think everything is fine but then we hear a ringing and everyone looks and there's this bright red phone on the wall and the look on Bradley Whitford's face is just like oh shit oh fuck what's going on he goes over he yells at everyone to turn off the music and um, has this hurried conversation on the phone because there'd been a glitch earlier and now we're about to find out that the glitch is that one of the other four members is still alive and he goes which one and he and everyone then looks back to the screen while Dana's still being beaten up she's almost dead now she's crawling she's about to be killed and boom the uh, zombie guy is stopped by Marty who's played by Fran Kranz the actor and uh, he's been the kind of crazy paranoid stoner guy this whole time he got dragged off screen he assumed he was killed turns out he survived and now he's back and he saves Dana and together they take down this zombie guy at least temporarily and run off and um, all the scientists freak out because this means the ritual is not complete I want a reality TV show. <laughs> My parents are gonna think I'm such a burnout. That means that Fran Kranz's character at least needs to die and they need to figure out what's going on. And so I just love that scene because I remember it even after I watched the movie, the, the juxtaposition of the awkward, fun, you know, post-work party and then the like, brutal near slaying of Dana is just played so perfectly and it's played up for a bit of a laugh but also you kind of see the callousness of the scientists who've just you know been blind to whatever they're doing it's a job to them um, and going back and forth between Dana who it's very real for and these people who it's just a person on a screen a job a box they have to check at the end of the day is really interesting and I also like it too it's it's sort of the moment where the scientists on that end of the screen the horror really starts for them and they kind of get drawn into the horror movie they've been sort of in the background this whole time sort of pulling the levers but now they are the subjects and they had their sort of classic moment of everything's gonna be fine it's all going great until suddenly it isn't and things are gonna get way way worse for them as um, Dana and Marty discover an elevator that goes down and um, there's another amazing scene after that that I almost considered for this and maybe myself or someone else will talk about where they find out where all these terrifying creatures are coming from and um, it's just a really uh, cool movie and I, I like how it again does a parody and it does these homages to various horror movie tropes in ways that are either funny or startling or twisty turvy turning you on your head your expectations are always subverted and it's just a real fun watch and you can watch it a couple of times but that scene where poor Dana is getting beaten to death 
death and everyone's like, oh, well, she can survive or not. Who cares? And I think it also sets you up for the eventual demise of everyone underground and possibly in the world. So yeah, let us know what your favorite parody horror movie is and we'll see you later, folks. Thank you.